0: In today's episode, we're discussing how to engage with our kids. Hey everyone, welcome to the Papa Fatigue podcast, the podcast for dads by dads. We recently ran across an article that discussed how fathers can avoid the pitfalls of shifting parental roles. But before we get into that, here's my deal. I'm Dave. I have an eight-year-old daughter and a five-year-old
1: son. I'm Jim. I've got two daughters, five and eight.
0: So this article that we're discussing today it was um, really talking about how the pandemic affected men and their parenting roles. And the author is a therapist and he was talking about sort of the upside of the pandemic for, for some men was to sort of show them what they had been missing out on from a sort of like a family perspective and from a parenting perspective. And, and, and there was this sort of how then do those men then figure out how to fit into the role of, you know, into those, those new sort of family roles. And like the one of the uh, examples that he was given was, you know, at, at uh, the first day of school at his school, he saw more men than normal at the first day of school drop off. And a lot of these men just looked awkward, like they didn't really know what to do. And it was sort of a new thing for them, even though their kids might be in you know, whatever first, second, or third grade. It's not like they're in kindergarten or pre K three, and and so these men clearly were wanting to take a more active role in parenting, but but they just sort of weren't really sure where to start. And and the other story that he tells, which I think was really interesting, was a father who was raised to be the breadwinner rather than sort of that active parent, and and, and he felt that his parenting involvement suggested a lack of masculinity which he knew to be objectively sort of ridiculous, but it was still this sort of baggage that he carried with them because he didn't have a role model uh, to, to, to look at and say, okay, well, this is what a sort of an active father figure would look like. And and so, Jim, I'm curious because, you know, we were sort of talking in, in prepping for this podcast about sort of further fleshing out who we think this, this father is. And, and we were talking a little bit about how, you know, I can certainly see if, again you were sort of taught at an early age and if all of your role models reflected that you know your job as the father is to you know put food on the table and make sure there's a roof over the kid's head and everything and and if you've been doing that for eight, ten, fourteen years and you get to this point and you come out of uh, out of COVID and you say i i would like to have a a more active role but now my kids are say 10 and 14 and i'm just not sure you know, how now to engage with them, right? It's a little bit easier, I think, with a five year old or seven year old where if you just sit down and play with them, there's sort of that instant connection you can make, versus with a ten year old or fourteen year old who now are sort of mini adults, they have their own intricacies, their own sort of problems. You know, this is maybe a parent who might not even know who their kids best friends are. And you see kind of jokes around that, but I think in in those jokes, there's some truth to that. But so I'm thinking like, are there other things that you think you're seeing in terms of who this father might be? Uh, And it just sort of, I guess, how we would look at it relative to what, you know, how our parenting style is.
1: Well, like you and I were talking about, it's it's hard for me to picture exact, and maybe it's not an exact scenario. Maybe it's not an exact archetype, but if there's somebody who is either working uh, as you said, 80 hours a week and just doesn't have the time and isn't available and suddenly has the time because they're they're now in COVID and working from home, doesn't have the commute and has more time and has more capacity to be more involved as a father. But the thing that really struck me and the thing that that's been interesting to me over the course of this podcast is this idea of the of the gender role, you know that it's, uh, it's something about something about raising kids is like women's work, you know mm-hmm. then the, and, the, and the men work outside of the home. Mm-hmm. and that they bring that up in the article this idea that that maybe that's what again a generation or two generations ago that's what the good father was was mm-hmm. probably the enforcer the disciplinarian uh, and the the breadwinner and maybe less involved and in, you know there's the there's this idea that the dad would come home at the end of the day and would just kind of be a stranger. And mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't quite so much in my house, but I could see it in my, my friend's houses. Uh, the dad just really wasn't a part of that sort of emotional, social emotional core of the family. So having either the more, having more opportunity to be engaged in parenting or to, uh, you know, as the article says, see how much that they were missing and want to be more involved. Those are interesting things. I mean, I guess the the effect is the same, but what we're talking about is somebody who now has a desire to be more involved in in parenting which is really interesting that's very different than having to take over the parenting roles because mom's sick or because you know mom's got to work outside of the house or something it uh, it feels like there's um uh, you know a desire to capture those things that maybe they've been missing
0: yeah and you know the role of the parent or sorry the role of the father is so important for the kids right there is the sense of if you are the father of a daughter right that the the daughter will learn sort of what she should expect from a relationship with the opposite sex right that so that's a again modeling good relationships and then i think for sons right they see you know your interaction with your wife and again understanding the requirements of like what, you know how you treat the opposite sex so that that role of the father is so important and so you know for those individuals that have had experiences where like okay yeah dad just You know, it was just dad rolled home at the end of the day. He ate dinner with us and then, you know, kind of just went off to do something else because he was so tired from the day. You know, it is so important to be present in our kids' lives and... You know, we we just sort of joke around sometimes about well, what were the the upsides of the pandemic? And I would argue that yes, if you know, if you found yourself in that situation where you were one of these parents that was just one of these dads, I guess in particular that was just you know, my job is to just put food on the table and and you know, again, be the breadwinner. And and you've sort of realized by having a little bit more free time that look at all these things I've missed out on because I was on business trips or I was working the eight hour you know the eighty hours or whatever it is and I was coming home tired that that is. Uh, I think that is one of those benefits to be able to look back on and hopefully say, yeah, there are some really terrible things that happened here. But here is the the, the ray of sunshine that came through was that I understood what I was missing out on. And it, I was able to address it before it became, you know, sort of a lifelong regret. Right. We just came off that podcast last week, episode 35, about what it means to be a good father. And I talked about sort of the, you know, the deathbed you know, oh, I, I wish I spent more time with the family, right? I think this is that first pivot point that you have if you want to take it to say, you know, for those first, whatever, eight, 10 years, I, I actually have been a little bit less present than I want to be. And I now realize, you know, what I've been missing out on. And I now want to, I now want to take some steps to change that and to, and to sort of actively re-engage and be a more uh, intentional parent and, and be and contribute more to the parenting of my child.
1: Well, here's what I was thinking about. I, I was remembering a couple of days when I was taking care of my girls for maybe the weekend or maybe for a couple of days when uh, um, when my wife was out of town. And, and when she would rejoin the family, it was great and everybody got together. But the, thinking about the day, let's say, that we had together and how many things we did and you know all the activities and the places we went. And it's just the, you know, it's a thousand little stories that... Mm-hmm. I didn't recognize during the day, but how do you communicate that to the other parent when they come home? You know, what did you do today? We went to the museum or we went to the park, but it's the, you know, the thousand different things that you did, uh, you know, get them in their seatbelt and the jokes you make. And, you know, when you went out to lunch and things like that, and that's a lot to be missed. That's a lot that, that the other parent is not going to participate in if they don't have the time or the attention, let's say to, to do that. So this sort of, this shift towards being more involved and as you said, the, uh, you know, I didn't want to spend more time at work or, you know, nobody who says they want to spend more time at work, they want to spend more time with their kids, that that is, um, that's a powerful motivator. And so I think what this article, what I get out of this article, somebody's got a piece of that or got a taste of that and really wants to integrate it into the, the sort of family structure.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I sorry, I'm going to go back again to the podcast last week because I think these two podcasts overlap a little bit right sort of being a good father and and this one and i think that you know one of the points that we made last week was talking about how you know being a good father is not necessarily these grand gestures of the trip to disneyland like it's great to be able to save up and go to disneyland but at the end of the day that's not what the kids are going to remember i mean yes they'll remember that right but but they're going to remember more the breadth of the experience that they've had over the course of you know whatever the 18 years of life when they're growing up as you know, in part of your family and yes, they'll remember the trip to Disneyland. But really the things that they'll take away are gonna be what you talk about, right? Like the trips to the museum. And I remember growing up and, you know, my dad used to take me out all the time or we went hiking or we went biking with my mom and you know, like all of those sort of the the, the banal things that we do just day in and day out, those I think are the pieces that that impacts the kid more than the fun vacation that they took. And so again, I think this this concept of saying, "Hey, you know, yes, I, I'm sort of shifting my thought patterns from my sole job is to be the breadwinner to now, I, I want more than I want more than just that. You know, I want to I want to move beyond that sort of very I think one-sided view of what a, a being a father is into something that is more encompassing and, and something that is more. Um, yeah, I mean I guess more encompassing about, you know, all of the all of the pieces of parenting. I think that's important. So some of the tips that the author, again, who is a therapist, talked about for fathers that again are are sort of trying to you know begin that relationship. He gives four tips, right? One is announce the change, right? So so again, if if you've been one of these parents who's like, well, I just kind of show up at certain points there could be some level of just confusion. Your kids are like, wait a minute, like you've never asked me about this or you've never been this involved in my life. What's going on? And so he says, just let them know your intention, right? And and so that then it just sort of becomes easier for everybody to understand what's going on. It's like, go, oh, okay, I, I get now why uh, dad is trying to do this because he wants to be more involved in my life. And that's I think that's a good thing. The second one is shift your priorities. So certainly as more people have been able to work from home all of a sudden conceptually we have a little bit more time right that commute time is gone and our our days are so busy that it's easy to fill it up with other things right just you know get going down the youtube rabbit hole or doing something else right but but take that time find time to really dedicate for your kids instead of sort of carving out that um that what would have otherwise been commute time and say no oh, i've got some free time like spend that like, free time on your kids the third one is be patient right so sort of start with small gestures because again depending on how long or how old your kids are this is sort of a relationship that you sort of have to rebuild a little bit um and and reintroduce yourself and then the last one is take cues from the mom right so if she's been the primary parent in terms of the relationship with the kids. Well she certainly has ways and tips and tricks. so you don't need to reinvent the wheel just you know sit down with your partner and kind of get a sense of like, hey, how do you interact with them? you know what works for you? what are their interests, all that kind of stuff and and uh, so you know take 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 uh, some advice from her. Uh, so I, I'm curious, you know, with that being said, what kind of advice do you have? Like, how do you engage with your kids
1: sort of on a on a daily basis? I think the prior episode, uh, was it episode 35? Yeah. Yeah, about uh, how to be a good dad, I think really encompasses a lot of this. And some of it is just fundamentally it's time and attention. If you think about just building any relationship or any friendship, uh, let's say as adults, building friendships as adults, it's really just time and shared experiences mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, activities, you know, things that you do together, the more time that you can spend with somebody doing anything, the closer the relationship's going to be. So, you know, again, back to that episode 35 is a lot of stuff's going to be a repeat, but just spending time and attention. You know, I believe that kids more than anything just want our undivided attention in any way that we can give it to them even in just very small chunks five minutes or 10 minutes at a time uh, i think is really valuable anytime that um you know the i end up doing a lot of engagement with my with my girls uh but sometimes they might be playing by themselves and I, don't know, I come over and ask what is it you're doing and have an interest in in what they're doing and see if i can be uh, you know ask if i could participate or you know see if they want to invite me to participate with them and kind of let them take the lead uh, as far as what we're doing, um, I'll also set up activities that we can do together, playing games, um, uh, arts and crafts, things like that. There was uh, just this week. There was um, the, the the girls are playing with goo and slime and putty. You know, we we probably have five different types of this. Mm-hmm. This is like glitter putty and space ooze and stuff like that <laughs> and uh you know they wanted to watch tv and i didn't want them watching tv and i said so i just sat down at the table and i said you know let's play with slime and we sat there for 45 minutes just you know making balls and then making pancakes and then you know just kind of shooting the breeze and mm-hmm. and uh, having some laughs about it and that's that was a for me that was a great example of just just a shared activity. It doesn't have to be something special. We didn't, we didn't go to the park. We didn't go get ice cream. We didn't, you know, we weren't even playing on the swings. We were just sitting at the dining room table, you know, playing with his putty together. And, and I think, and that was a really pleasant time and a really pleasant memory. I you know, seeing their faces and, and uh, you know, how they were laughing and smiling and just having that, having the three of us share an activity together that we're all kind of interested in. So, um, and then, you know, respect. Uh, well, twofold first is uh, is respect and and again back to that episode 35 trying to teach or treat them like little people mm-hmm. uh, Like they're little their own beings uh, You know show some respect and and uh, and by that I mean be courteous uh, Play nicely, you know share all the things that we trying to teach them to do uh, That kind of sets the right tone um, I also and It's and in his heart Pape Fatigue and this whole deal. It's when <laughs> when they ask me to play, I'll I'll rally and make an effort mm-hmm. to do that. And uh, the one that comes to mind is earlier this week that uh, my older daughter wanted to play tag. And I just had a heavy meal. And it was the end of the day. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, my bones creak. And she wants to run around the yard <laughs> and play tag. And I just, uh, you know, I bought myself about five minutes of time just kind of get my... You know, give me a minute to get up to it. <laughs> yeah. But then we played and it was, you know, and that that was a time where it was an activity that she wanted to do. Uh, you know, she invited me to do it with her. And and I just I try to take every opportunity, you know, anytime that my younger daughter says she wants to play with me, you know, I take that as just the greatest compliment. And I'll, I'll take her up on that.
0: Yeah. You know, I like what you were talking about in, in sort of your first example about um, just sort of sitting down with them and when they're doing stuff you know i so my youngest he's five and he can play lego literally all day long which was a saving grace at the beginning of covid because he basically played lego every day for like three months straight at the beginning but you know the the sort of downside to that is because he can occupy himself with that you figure well he doesn't he doesn't need attention or like well i can i can kind of get away and sneak away and do some work here um, but of course, so so what I've kind of been thinking about recently is how can I spend more time with the kids? I mean, I, I always feel like I'm not spending enough time because I got all this stuff going on and so I'm trying to find more um, proactive ways of, of spending time with them. And so, you know, when my work is done at the end of the day, I look over and he's sitting there playing Lego and I just I just sit down next to him and I just start building and then we sort of have this conversation, right? So, you know, I think there's also these moments where even if they are occupied, it doesn't mean that they're not interested in having you participate,
1: right? right.
0: And and I think that's really important so because it's easy for me to go, oh, well, he's, he's, he's okay. You know, he's perfectly fine. I don't need to interact with him because he's not needy. He's not like, oh, make this with me or, you know, can you give me a challenge or whatever? But you absolutely could just sit down and and just start building with him and then he'll he'll just naturally kind of come over and we'll start building together or if he's playing octonauts i just sit down and pick up a figure and he's like all right well you know you can be captain barnacle actually he would never let me be captain (laughs) (laughs) barnacles that's who he is but you know you can be quasi or whatever peso and you know and, and so i think that's one way of just engaging with them is that you don't when the kid's younger you don't need to be invited in you can just sort of walk in there and they'll just sort of naturally go hey and just bring you into the fold, and and so you know, just don't don't be don't be looking for the opportunity; you can create it yourself. Right. And 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 I think that you know your point is valid too. That I I hadn't thought about it sort of as uh, what did you say, time and listening? I think is how you broke it down. Yeah, or shy, time um, and
1: shared activities are just yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. And,
0: and um, yeah, I think uh, like I always think of like one of the big things of parenting is just showing up, right? Like just being right. there, just carving out time to just sit there. And, you know, if you, honestly, if you just, if you find time to just sit there, eventually your kid will start talking to you, even if they weren't before. Again, like the Lego thing, right? You can just sit down and they'll literally just start talking, at least I find that with my kids. And so, you know, part of that process is, yeah, just sitting down and, and listening to them. Sometimes it's just, and, and they might not always, you know, be willing to talk on your time frame, right? So the whole, like, you know, how did your day go? And it's like a one sentence answer. But, you know, if you just sort of keep listening and keep at it and saying, okay, well, that did not quite elicit the the kind of response I was looking for. And then thinking about how to, you know, change the, the question, right? Like you have a bunch of questions. I like what you ask. I think it was something like, you know, who got in trouble today? Did you get in right. trouble today? You know, like diff- just sort of different ways of phrasing the question that still gets them to talk. And I, I like that concept um, because I think that. Yeah, they, they will absolutely talk to you if you can sort of crack the code to figuring out, well, okay, how do I ask the question in a way that will get them to engage just beyond the sort of one line or the yes, the simple yes, no answer, right? I think those are pretty important. I, I think it's also important to sort of really focus on building the relationship and, and letting your child know that you're there. And so some of that, again, is just going to be just sitting down next to them when they're playing to let them know that hey like I'm here to play if you want to play or if you want to talk we can talk. It, one thing that happened a while back with my daughter was you know she came home one day from school and she was really it was very clear that she was sad. And she for the you know I I, I pressed her a little bit to just kind of figure it out and I was like look you okay first of all you don't need to tell me if you don't want to. I'm not I'm not going to keep you know asking if 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 you you know if you don't want to talk about this but but know that I am here and I you know I'd like to sort of help you through it and and if it's something that you don't want to share with your mom I won't share it with your mom it can just be between you and me and it's not like it's a secret but it, it's more to create a space where she knows that she can trust me and you know eventually she told me what was wrong and and so we sort of work through it so i think that you know that's the first stage and i think that's especially important when the kids are young to create that relationship so that when things get trickier when they're say in high school or middle school where the challenges become way more complicated than a third grader that that they know that they've got this history of going to you with their problems and that you're not going to judge them you know my parents were the ones in high school you know you start going to parties and they're like look if anything starts to feel weird you call us at any point two or in the morning three in the morning we'll pick you up and we won't ask you any questions we'll just pick you up no questions asked wherever you are you know and and I, so I think that's that's important to start those building those foundations if if you want to become a more active father um, and and building that trust I would say also sort of try and find that um uninterrupted time every day and you know it doesn't need to be an hour like you can literally just be all right' all I can do is 10 minutes a day. So that's what I'm trying to do right now It's just 10 minutes a day of uninterrupted playtime. Let's play a board game for 10 minutes. Let's play Lego for 10 minutes, whatever it is. And, you know, maybe I can bang that out before I have to start cooking dinner. Um, And, you know, other things are going to be just sort of figuring out what they like to do and, and doing it with them. And, and I guess the extension to that is, you know, finding a hobby to do together. It could be something that you want to do. It could be something that they like to do, but that gives you an opportunity to have an exchange as opposed to, you know, again, just the whole like, how was your day? But if you have that shared experience, then you can talk about it as it's happening. Um, you know, some places, you know, some t- of you know if you don't have a hobby or if they don't have a hobby, you know, simple things are going to be like bedtime reading, meal times. You just like dedicate that time because bedtime reading is like ten or fifteen minutes. it's not it's not that much time. and And I think the last thing that I have to say is that, um, remember that you know if the role is new to you, if, if you're going again from a place of being, I'm the breadwinner to now, I want to be more an, an active parent, remember that you don't need to go from zero to 60, right? It, it, this is not like an overnight thing. Don't put the pressure on yourself to go from zero to 60. Find little things to do and then work your way up. So it could be like this week, I am going to dedicate... My goal for this week is, again, just finding 10 minutes a day to spend with my kid. And I'm going to make that a habit. And we'll, you know, if I can do that for whatever, 30 days, then I'm going to try and do the next thing. So, again, like make it manageable, like all things, right? If you're trying to do something new, I think make it manageable will feel a little bit easier. And also, it won't give the kids the sense of like, wait a minute, like you literally went from, you know, being the one to uh, discipline me to now being this loving parent and I'm not really clear, like I can't wrap my head around this new role for you, right? Like that's a bit of a, a shift that's I think potentially too difficult for kids to do also, depending on your circumstances. So really you don't need to go from zero to six. You don't have to put that pressure on yourself
1: and it probably helps everybody actually you sort of ease into that role. You know, what's interesting in thinking about this, about this sort of role shift is uh, you and I are really lucky in that our kids are, are at five and eight. And I think that even if I hadn't, had a strong relationship with my eight-year-old until this point i feel like i could still make one pretty easily Mm -hmm. because they're kids and you do all the things that we're talking about you get engaged you know you you talk about the things that they want to talk about let them take the lead spend time all the little stuff but i imagine i mean i think the i can i'm sure that i've seen you know dozens of movies that encapsulate this really well where there's the dad that's overworked that you know is absent from the family and suddenly there's some sort of crisis or challenge or journey or whatever that they have and then the dad becomes more involved and i think that i think that even if my daughter was 10 or certainly if she was 12 or 14 to all of a sudden try to have a more engaged relationship i think would be really hard and so thankfully you and i don't have to don't have to think about that. But we also don't have any insight into that. And I can imagine that trying to make a more intimate relationship with a 14-year-old that hadn't been there before mm-hmm. would be really challenging. And I think all the things that, that the article cites and the things that you just talked about are, are really key ways to get started. But I, it's hard for me to envision what that would be like. That's got to be very challenging.
0: Yeah, because my guess is that, you know, at that sort of older, that those teen years is when even if you have a good relationship with your kid, right, they're going to want some space anyway. So if on top of it, you haven't had a good relationship with it. I mean, not to say that you have a bad relationship, right? But if you don't have the kind of sort of tight knit relationship with your kid, and then you're trying to sort of build that when they're 12 or 14, when they're sort of already trying to explore their own independence, where they Mm -hmm. are trying to sort of, you know, not quite leave the nest, but sort of start to feel like, okay, what is this independence thing and who am I becoming as an adult? Yeah, I can imagine that that's that much more difficult. But my guess is that, you know, if you sort of keep at it, again, with these sort of smaller pieces, that the upside, when you look back on that relationship when they're 16 or 18 or 20, is probably worth the effort. Cause yeah, my guess is you're going to go through some ups and downs as you try some stuff that just doesn't work. Right. That your kid's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm, I'm not into this new you, or, you know, because I have got my own thing going on and mm-hmm. it's like a burden actually on me. But my guess is that, you know, again, when you look back on that 10 years, 15 years, 20 years later as, as adults, or, you know, as your kid's moving into adulthood, it'll, it'll be worth it. Um, and yeah, I always, you know, I always go back to that, I'm not going to go out and say, I, you know, I regret having spent too much time at the office, right? Like that's, it's just not a regret that you want to have when when the end is here, right? Mm -hmm. And this is that point where you can, you can choose to pivot and it's kind of up to you. But, you know, I would say that if you're, if you're considering it, go for it, uh, you know.
1: Yeah, no, the article, I mean, as you said, it doesn't have to go zero to 60, you know. I mean, it can be incremental. Somebody can be just a little bit more involved mm-hmm. in the parenting of their kids, I think, because nobody's going to regret that.
0: Yeah, and I think like anything, right, like part of it is just sort of testing out what what works, right? Like, so if you if you start with these little things, you can sort of, you can judge, okay, well, that that thing did not work. My daughter really didn't like it when I tried to do X. So, all right, let's try another sort of small thing. And, okay, that one seemed to work, and maybe I can increase that or find a you know a a larger way to do that or whatever so yeah i think that that's probably i mean that's what i would do if i were probably jumping in when the kids were older or or again if i was sort of switching in these roles we hope you found today's episode informative if you'd like to support the podcast and hear more discussions around fatherhood please subscribe drop us a review and head over to the website papaifatigue.club that's p-a-p-a-e-s-t F-A-T-I-G-U-E to go grab some merch. If you have any questions, hit us up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Thanks for listening.